Today's teaching will mainly stem from one portion of scripture, which is John chapter number 14, verse 6. John chapter number 14, verse 6, a scripture we all know. But before we get to that, I'll mention there's something you ought to learn and understand. I've taught this before, but I feel the need to re-echo it. Do you know that every single person in this world has the ability to manifest a dimension of God in the world? Because remember, we are created in the image and likeness of God. However, there are certain attributes of God that I can't demonstrate that maybe she can because she's encountered God a particular way. I'll give you an example. Just maybe in this room, eh? If let's say you were to be given some money, let's roughly put it at a million dollars, for example, right? Let's put it at that. So beyond just your personal needs, maybe you may want to buy yourself a car, a house, beyond just that. If you are given an opportunity to say, look, you have to give this money away, trust me, would direct the money differently. There are some people here who would find more pleasure giving some money to an orphanage, right? There are other people here who wouldn't give to an orphanage, but they would find someone who is maybe like school fees and pay for that person's school fees. There's another person here who would maybe even give to a church or something. So there are different, we have different ways in which we treat different circumstances because each one of us is built differently on the inside and each one of us has got the ability to actually manifest God a certain way. Out together. And when you understand that, you will learn that God actually hides himself in people and in order for God to do certain things, people have to be involved. And that's why you will notice that when, when, when you look at Genesis chapter number one, God gave the earth to men. God gave the earth to people. Therefore, God had to manifest through people. And so in everything that God wanted to do on the earth from then onwards, he had to work it out through people. Are we together? And that is why even today when God wants to bless you, God will bless you through people. And that's why you must be very careful in how you treat people. It's not everyone you can afford to lose. Those of you who are like cutting people off every year. It's not every single person that you can afford to lose in this world. Out together. There are certain people that God has actually put in your life because that, those are the people that God wants to manifest himself to you through them. And when you understand that, you will treat relationships differently. Talk about friendships, parents, siblings, whatever it is really, you will treat them differently because you will notice or you will know that God actually manifests himself through people. So you can't be careless with relationships. You can't have the attitude, oh, you, you, uh, you can live my life, I don't care. I'll find, new, I'll find new people, I'll find this. You can't have that attitude in this life, especially as you grow older, you'll realize that. You really can't have that attitude. So you must guard relationships jealously. You must ensure there are some relationships you should fight for. I'm not talking about these boy girl ones. <laughs> you understand, right? I'm talking about just friendships, you know, with, with relatives. There are some relationships you should fight for. You wronged someone and someone is upset. After I apologize, I don't understand why she's behaving that way. <laughs> I said sorry, she's like, I can't just hear it. <laughs> No, you, there are some relationships you should fight for. I've realized, say, look, there are certain men and women in this world who, you see, there's just so much grace on them, you can't afford to lose it. And here I'm talking about friendships and everything, okay? Yes, sir. Yeah. 
So you can't afford to lose certain friendships. So before you think about cutting off people, sometimes that's better to apologize when, someone, when you've done something wrong. And then mend friendships. All together. Yeah, so guard friendships. So not everyone you should lose. Tell your neighbor, so not everyone you should lose. <laughs> yes. It's really, really not. So before you have an attitude of new year, new me. <laughs> I don't care who you are. <laughs> no, you are supposed to care who the person is. <laughs> you are supposed to. <laughs> and when I'm talking like this, I'm not trying to... Maybe there's someone here who's thinking, yeah, they shouldn't lose me. I'm talking about you losing other people. <laughs> not thinking about how they shouldn't lose me. There's so much grace on my life. <laughs> All together. Guard friendships. I always tell you in this church, I learned how to pray through friends. It wasn't, it wasn't through preachers that I learned how to pray long hours. No, it was through friends. We'd go to meetings and tarry in prayer together. So God friendships, amen. Yeah, God friendships. God friendships. So John chapter number 14. John chapter number 14, verse 6. A scripture we're all familiar with. John chapter number 14, verse 6. Or maybe for the sake of context, we'll start from verse 5. The Bible says, Thomas said to him, by the way, it's amazing how uh, I always think about uh, the disciple Thomas here. Like, because of one incident, Thomas is known wrongly <laughs> in the scriptures. One incident. We don't know whether afterwards Thomas even worked miracles, we just was doubting Thomas. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think when you get to heaven, I think he, he might be touched. <laughs> How believers refer to him. So Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Then Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Then he says, no one comes to the Father except through me. I think that's one of the most profound statements a human being has ever made in this world. Imagine a man telling you, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Imagine you are Thomas in that situation. This man is telling you these things. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Okay, I'll break down this scripture so that we get to understand exactly what Jesus was talking about here. But let's start with the first part. Jesus called himself the way, right? Now, when you understand what it means to be the way, first of all, he didn't say he was one of the ways. He said he was the way. In other words, there are no other ways except from Jesus. That means for the believer, for the man, the woman who is in Christ, there should be no other way of living life except through Christ. There should be no other way of perceiving circumstances except through Christ. When you talk about, let's say, doing business, there are several ways of doing business. When you talk about your careers, there are several ways you can pursue a career. But then... When we talk about life in general, Jesus called himself the way. There were no other ways. There are no other ways except Jesus. And we can't live and pretend as though Jesus didn't say this. We can't live and pretend as though he didn't say this. See, he called himself the way. Therefore, we have to believe that he's the way. That means when you've come in Christ, you've started traveling on God's way. I'll say that again. Because Jesus called himself the way. When you come in Christ, it means you've started traveling on God's way. 
You've entered God's route. Are we together? When you are driving, especially if you use the Google Maps, sometimes it can be funny. It can be telling you to turn when there's a house. <laughs> when you're using Google Maps, right? Those of you who have such experiences. When you're the one who's driving and let's say it's telling you to turn and then there's, you know, there are all these hindrances and you can't turn in that moment. You know the way. If you turn any other way, you know you'll be lost or you have an accident. Because you know the way. And that's how Jesus is in that moment. He's actually the only way. Any other path you take outside him, you're lost. Are we together? Any other path you take outside Jesus is actually a misdirection. And when you understand that, you realize that before you make choices in life, you have to consider his way of doing things. For example, in uh, Matthew chapter number 6, verse 33, the Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right? And all these things shall be added unto you. Now, when you read it from the Amplified Version, the Amplified Classic, Matthew chapter number 6, verse 33, from the Amplified Bible, the Bible says, But seek, says, aim at and strive after first of all his kingdom and his righteousness. And then it says, his way of doing and being right. So it's telling you to seek his way of doing and being right. In other words, there is a way that God does things and there's a way that it's the God way of doing things. Are we together? It's the God way of doing things. For example, you're driving on the road and police have caught you because you're speeding. Is, the, is removing a hundred quarter the God way of settling things? <laughs> Answer. Ask your neighbor, too, is it the God way of doing things? <laughs> Let him tell you. <laughs> no, because we have believers practicing corruption. <laughs> You're bribing people to get a job. Is the God way. You're even coming to church and testifying. The Lord has blessed me. But you bribed. You paid someone to give you that job. If I even hear you did that, you're not even giving a testimony. We'll just congratulate you <laughs> and we move on. Don't lie to people. You understand, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like people who say, there's so much grace on my life. That's why I get all these jobs. And then I saw someone comment to say, I just tell us that your uncle is the HR. <laughs> 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 no, nothing wrong with being connected. Nothing wrong, okay? If you're connected, please utilize the connections. But my point is just don't use corruption and calling it God's grace. If you're connected naturally because you have relatives, please use them. Use them as much as you can use them. <laughs> you understand, right? Yeah. There was a time I remember I was talking to someone and they were, they were bitter about, they were upset. No, you, the problem with you, you are spoon-fed. The way you grow up, what, 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 what? No, they said all sorts of things. Because, simply because someone grew up from a privileged background. And then I asked them, I said, look, so you and your children, how do you like them to grow up? Like you or like them? <laughs> they said, like them. So it means you're just upset that you didn't grow up like him. <laughs> so sometimes what you see is just bitterness manifesting with people. You understand, right? Yeah. So whatever it is you're going to do in life, you have to do it God's way. It's either God's way or no way at all. That should be your mindset. You, you have to declare, I'm, I'm traveling on God's path now. I'm on God's path, therefore, because I'm, I'm on God's path, I'm in the way of God now. It means the, the only way I can live life is through Christ. The only way I can do life is through Christ. 
The only way I can have relationships around me is through Christ. I can't have relationships outside Christ. It's impossible. So it means even you who are still picking people to, you know, you can't have it outside Christ. You bring someone, this is, sometimes people think we are strict. You bring someone, is he a believer? He is, Pastor, but occasionally he... <laughs> no, it has to be in Christ. It has to be because now you are in Christ. You've chosen that way. Say this after me. Say, Christ is my way. Christ. Say it like you mean it. Say, Christ is my way. Christ is my way. Therefore, Therefore, I do all things, I do all things. His, way. his way. Yeah. You have to do it His way. His way or no other way. You live life His way or no other way. You think, you think His ways or no other way. That's why when you talk about renewing your mind, according to Romans chapter number 12, verse 2, you realize that when you talk about renewing your mind, it means even just your way of seeing things changes. Your mind gets renewed. You begin to see life from the lens of Christ. Jesus becomes the lens with which you see life and which you see people. And when you understand that you can't even hate people or dislike people naturally, one thing I, I always tell people is this. Before you decide to hold on to offense and being bitter towards people, how did Jesus treat you when you messed up? You when you messed up, how were you treated by God? Me, I'm not Jesus. <laughs> but you, you're on his way. <laughs> that means you have to forgive like he forgives. You have to love like he loves. You understand, right? You just can't love people who treat you nicely. You have to love everyone. No, you have to. And me being a pastor, sometimes people can test you. They can test your love. <laughs> you understand, right? Test your love like Jesus. <laughs> so you have to keep yourself in check. And every believer has to do that. You have to keep yourself in check. How, how are my love levels for the believers? For all men, how are my love levels? Because it's a way of Christ. The Bible says God is love, right? Yeah. That means when you're walking in love, you're walking in God. Your walk of love is the walk in God. It's the perfect way of doing things. So he called himself the way. There's something uh, David said in Psalms chapter number 18, verse 30. Psalms 18, verse 30. Even as you're a student, you have to be a student God's way. That means you're supposed to produce excellent results. <laughs> Just can't be above sea level. <laughs> God is just seeing you through every semester. <laughs> you have to be excellent. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. This month when I was hearing a number of people coming to me for prayer about exams, I was thanking God I'm not in school. <laughs> I hated that period. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking one year, a one-year break next year from school. Then we'll go again the other year. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Psalms 18, verse 30, right? That's the scripture I gave. The Bible says, as for God, his way is what? His way is what? It doesn't say his ways, it says his way. Not his ways, his way. That's talking about Jesus. His way is perfect. God doesn't have ways, he's got a way. He doesn't have many ways, he's got a way. So you can't come ask, what are the ways of a believer? There's just one way. Christ. 
So you look at Jesus, you study the life of Jesus in the scriptures, and you get to realize that's the way of God for you. And the Bible says that way is perfect. That means there is no error in that way. There is nothing wrong with that way. There's no darkness in that way. You begin to travel God's path, you are traveling the way of perfection. Said his way is perfect. Praise God. Yeah. When you, when you read again, he says he called himself the truth. That's from, we go back to, to Matthew 14. All right. So that's Matthew 14, verse 6, right? So he called himself, says, I am the way. He says, then the second thing he said is what? The truth. So it means anything outside Jesus is a lie. I'll say that again. It means anything outside him is a lie. So it means if you've believed anything else outside Christ, you've believed a lie. But everything you've believed in him, you've believed truth. And when the Bible talks about, you see, there's a difference between a fact and a truth. Are we together? There's a difference between a fact and the truth. So for example, when you go to the hospital and they diagnose that maybe let's say there's a problem with your, with your health, all right? Now, that's a fact. So you can't start praying and declaring the doctor is a liar. <laughs> They're simply telling you facts. <laughs> They're not liars. <laughs> Now, the truth is what the word of God has said, says, by his stripes you were healed. So that means truth is higher than facts. Are we together? Yeah. So you could come from, let's say, a background that seems to contradict what the word of God has said. That could be a fact. But the truth is what God has said. And because God has said it, you ought to align your life to the truth of God's word. The difference between you and a person who is actually grown in the word of God is maybe because they see things from God's perspective. They see the truth of God's word. They see what God has said concerning their health. They see what God has said concerning their mind. They see what God has said. You see, it could be a fact that maybe you forget things a lot when you study, but the truth is for the mind of Christ. That means you can actually change the facts by the truth. And when you realize something, one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit, according to, uh, I think that's John chapter number 16, verse 13, the Bible says he will guide you into all truth, not into facts, all truth. It doesn't say some truth, all truth. That means all the truths that are in Christ, the, the Holy Spirit is the one who guides you to, through them. And that's why it's important to have a relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. Ask your neighbor, do you know the Holy Spirit is a person? <laughs> have you ever heard him? Ask him. <laughs> Let them answer you. Have you ever heard his voice? How does it sound like? Ask them. <laughs> Let them tell you how does the voice of the Holy Spirit sound like if they've heard. <laughs> how does it sound like? I just heard someone say it's a still small voice. <laughs> ah, God. God. There's a time in the scriptures. The children of Israel wanted to meet God, and they told Moses, remember that story, right? They told Moses, said, we want to hear God for ourselves. Take us to the mountain. Moses said, all right, fine. Prepare yourselves. On this day, you will go to the mountain. They reached the mountain. <laughs> there was thunder. The Holy Spirit was there. So I don't know about the still small voice. <laughs> there was thunder, lightning, everything. They told Moses, you, you speak to him on our behalf. We don't hear this man. <laughs> the, first time, I think the first time I heard the voice of God loud, audibly, I think I was, that was in 2012, 2013, somewhere there. I was, I was in the kitchen in the, in the middle of the night. 
And then I heard him speak. I fell down. Not falling is. <laughs> reminded me of what John said in the book of Revelation. He says, when he saw Jesus, he said he fell down as though dead. Think about it. John lived with Jesus for three years. <laughs> but when he saw him in the glory, he says he fell down as though he was dead. <laughs> So maybe the still small voice is very accurate. But when you encounter how his audible voice, it's different. I've heard him audibly, it's different. It doesn't sound like these movies, my son. <laughs> people, people hallucinate. People hallucinate. That's like, you know, I, was, I was laughing with someone uh, yesterday at the Dominion Conference. They were wearing these robes when they're depicting Jesus. So the person, I was sitting, the person I was sitting next to was like, you know, it's amazing how people always think Jesus is wearing a robe all the time. <laughs> Heaven will be interesting. <laughs> right? Yeah. When we get to heaven, others want to go there with Jordans and everything, eh? <laughs> Drip. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> yeah. So the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. And there are several ways in which the Holy Spirit guides people. Several ways. There's still small voice like other people are saying. That's very accurate. The Bible shows us that, that he speaks to us like that. And I think I've taught about how to have the voice of God in here. All right. Now, the Holy Spirit guides you into the truth. of He guides you into the truth of what Jesus said. Are we together? It means the Holy Spirit aligns your knowledge to the knowledge of God. The Holy Spirit brings the knowledge of God to your attention and he guides you through it. That's why as a believer, you have to be a student of the word of God. You have to be a student of the word of God. See, the Bible can't be read just on Sunday or when we've got a special meeting. When nothing is going on, you don't read your Bible at all. Like your Bible is just closed. No, you have to be a student of the word of God. And being a student means you give yourself to studying. If you've been a student here, that's what it means, right? Yeah, what will happen if you don't study? You will fail. You can, speak, you can speak in tongues on your way to the exam room and fail while speaking in tongues. <laughs> because the laws of passing exams don't respect your tongues. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> you can even be seeing visions while in the exam room about your ministry. <laughs> but you're not seeing a vision about the answers. <laughs> because the Holy Spirit doesn't, doesn't help you that way. <laughs> It's rare that he does. No, it's, it's, those are rare testimonies. I've, 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 had a similar, I've had a testimony where he's helping with an exam, but not, it's not every time. At times, he just says, stars. Am I, <laughs> ask yourself, am I anointed? <laughs> These guys don't honor grace. You <laughs> understand? There was an exam I was writing when I, when, when I was at Ziali. My God, I, I was like, these guys, am, am I smart? <laughs> I was wondering. But we still cleared them anyway. <laughs> Praise God. Because the, the laws of clearing exams don't respect your tongues or your spirituality. Anyone can clear an exam if they just study correctly. <laughs> if luck is on your side sometimes. <laughs> you understand, right? Yeah. So anyway, the Holy Spirit is the one who guides you into all truth. And when I say you have to be a student of the word of God, because before he guides you, remember, he says that he'll bring to remembrance the things that the, the Lord has said to you. So before he guides you, you have to first get to the word of God, know what God has said, and then he will guide you through that truth. What, has, what is God's truth concerning your mind? 
What's God's truth concerning your finances? What's God's truth concerning your, your, your emotions? What's God's truth concerning those around you? What's God's truth concerning, concerning everything that concerns what's, what's God's truth concerning everything? That's what the Holy Spirit will guide you. He doesn't guide you into your truth, but into God's truth. This is why you must be a student of the word of God. You have to ask yourself, what has God said concerning this? There's a time I remember someone came to me asking me to, to say, pray for me because maybe they, they, they wanted marriage and what, and, and, you know. And that's them, what has God said concerning this in the, in the word of God? He says, I don't know. So you're not, then you're not ready to receive. Because what if I tell you God hasn't said anything? You're going to believe, right? Because you don't know. You understand, right? So you have to get into the word of God and know what God has said. It's not enough to just say, oh, pastor said, pastor said. Pastor, you have to know what does, what does the Bible say. When Jesus was faced with temptation, what did he say? It is written. It is written. It is written. It is written. Why? He knew the word of God for himself. And that's why every believer must be a student of the word of God. Tell your neighbor, be a student of the word of God. Yeah. Yesterday when I was at, when I was at the meeting and the MCs kept telling us what to do, I was like, this is what I do to people. <laughs> The whole time. Mm -hmm. And Pastor Tom and I just kept looking at each other like, why are we doing this? <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. And I don't make you stand a lot. So I was comforted. <laughs> Praise God. So when you read scriptures like John 17, verse 17, oh Lord, are you being blessed? John 17, verse 17, the Bible says, sanctify them by your truth. Sanctify them by your truth. You know what it means to sanctify? It means to separate. When you were younger, you had Christmas clothes, right? They were sanctified. Your parents separated them for its particular use. That tradition must continue. Amen. <laughs> Future parents, amen. <laughs> yes. Buy your children Christmas clothes. <laughs> Buy them in June. <laughs> like our parents used to. <laughs> So he says, sanctify them by your truth. By your truth. By God's truth, he sanctified you. He separated you by God's truth. I don't know if you understand what that means. What that means is, if the truth of God's word is that you were healed, not that you are, but you were healed a long time ago, to sanctify meaning he separated you by that truth from sickness. I don't know if you can understand. He separated you from any fact. He separated you through the truth of God's word. How together? He says, sanctify them by truth. And then he says, thy word is truth. That means the truth is actually God's word. That means that the word of God is supreme over all things, over all knowledge in this world. Every form of knowledge must bow to the knowledge of the word of God. It must conform to the knowledge of the scriptures. Are you listening? Yeah. So any knowledge you have, you see, one time, one time in the scriptures, Adam and his wife sinned before God. And the Bible records that after they had sinned, God was walking in the garden, right? And then God asked them, Adam, where are you? Remember that, right? Yeah, what happened next? Bible students, students of the word of God, let's go. I want to hear you. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> So Adam said, I was, he says, he says, Adam admitted that he was hiding because he was naked, right? Yes. What did God ask him? He says, who told you you are naked? You know, God was trying to ask him there. Where did you get the information that he didn't give you? Because he was naked all along, God didn't tell him. <laughs> that means he didn't know. 
He didn't know all along that he was naked. All of a sudden, how did you know you're naked? <laughs> Are you listening? <laughs> Sounds funny, but it's a genuine question. Who told you? And then Adam now began to play the blame game. The woman you gave me a lot. <laughs> so who t- the thing you know concerning yourself, who told you? Me, I'm just short-tempered. Me, I lose it. You, can, you can't prob- I lose it. Who told you? Who told you? The thing you know about is who told you? Where, what's your source of information? Is your source of information the word of God or is the source of information the, all the things you've actually learned about yourself in life? You see, this is why you have to get trained in the word of God. The, the world has raised you to think a certain way enough. You understand, right? Yeah. You've been trained to think a certain way from the time you were a child. You know, if it's for our sisters, it's, it's even sad. Like from the time they are, they are children, they are trained to be wives. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's annoying if you had to ask me, though. From the time they are children. Someone doesn't watch their place for how you keep your home. She's 12, why ask her that question? What, what do you mean? But the point is, the world has raised you to think a certain way from the time you were young. Same it is for the boy child. But then, you have to allow yourself now to be raised and trained by the word of God. And that's why you have to give yourself in the word of God. The things you've learned about yourself, the things you've learned about life, what's your source of information? What's your source of information concerning what you, anything you've learned about yourself? What's your source of information? You can't base your life on facts. You can't base your life on, what, on the opinions of other people. You have to base your life on the word of God. If it's not in the word of God, then it's not for you. If God hasn't said it, you have no right to take it. Are you listening? If God hasn't said it, then you, see, you shouldn't even take it at all. You're even reading statistics about how this... No, in Zambia, these many graduates are unemployed. Why are you pursuing a degree or a diploma, whatever it is you're pursuing? Why are you, why are you reading statistics about that? Why aren't you reading the word of God? Why aren't you reading what God has said? Why aren't you listening to what God has said? Those are things I rejected when, when I was a student. Rejected when I was a student. I wasn't, I wasn't going to allow that in my mind. To be trained, to think like when I get out of school, I'll struggle to find a job. Me. It had nothing to do with the anointing. It had everything to do with God's grace, what God has said in the word of God. I saw it in the scriptures, and I knew that there was no way I can be so sad. See, when I was done with school and everything, I gave myself a one-month break not to find a job, because I wanted to rest. When I don't find a job, I found it within a week. I didn't struggle with anything, because the word of God works every time. That's that's a by the way. (laughs) Yeah. Let's go on. I've been blessed. The final thing Jesus said is actually he's, he's the life. So he's the way, the truth, and the life. What you're saying there is everything outside him is death. One time God told Adam, told him to say, look, the day you eat of the fruit of, of this tree, you will surely die, right? Right? Yeah. I wish we could go to Genesis now. But you will notice something. When Adam ate of that food, did he die? He didn't die physically, did he? So it means death is simply separation. You understand, right? Death is simply separation. To be separated. So when God told him you would die, he simply told you, simply telling you, you'll be separated from me. What that meant was Adam was now a dead man walking. 
He was alive in the flesh, but he was a dead man on legs. Do you know that Adam is the one who ushered death into the world? And when we talk about death, we're not just referring to the death of human beings. Anything that could die in this world. Before that happened, even plants couldn't die. Animals couldn't die. <laughs> that means the decision of Adam affected even the animals, and <laughs> the plants, and everything else. That was a huge responsibility, right? Yeah. So when Adam decided to make that truth, death actually entered. But Jesus now called himself the life. <laughs> Hallelujah. It means when you've come to Christ now, anything you might have inherited from Adam, anything you might have gotten. You see, we were trained to say, look, in this world, as long as you're in this world, A, B, C, D will happen. As long as you're in this world, A, B, C, D will happen. But as long as you are in Christ, as long as you are in Christ, the realities of Christ are the only things you experience. Are you listening? Yeah. So come to that place where you realize that Jesus is my life. Let's go to Colossians 3. Colossians chapter number 3, verse 3 and 4. Have you said when Christ, who is our what? Christ is our what? Yeah. It means the source of our life is not what men have categorized as life. Christ is our life. Yesterday I was thinking about how, how big God is. And it's amazing to think about it because, think about it. From, the, from time in memorial, scientists have been researching. And every research they've been discovering, God created it over, I don't know how many years ago. It means they keep finding new things every time. For millions of years, they keep finding new things every time. That's, that's enough proof to show you that God is infinite. It's enough proof to show you that God is infinite. This says Christ is what our life, right? Yeah. So Jesus called himself the life. That means when you've come in Christ, you've actually have access to life. And the Bible tells us that we've got eternal life, right? John 3, 16, what does it say? Does it say that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but go to heaven? It says that he who believes in him shall not perish but do, do what? That means the moment you believe, you have. That's not the promise of heaven. John 3, 16 has got nothing to do with heaven. Talking about eternal life. And that very life is the life in Christ. Christ called himself that life. He called himself that life. That means that's, that's the very life that's in God. The very life that makes God, God. The very life that makes it impossible for God to die. The very life that makes it impossible for God to catch a flu. Yeah. The very life that makes it impossible for God to catch a cold. No, it's too cold in heaven. It's contagious. <laughs> the very life of God. Now, do you believe you have eternal life? Do you believe you have eternal life? When did you receive it? When did you receive it? When you believed, right? Yeah. That means the believer has eternal life now. It's not a promise. As long as you're in Christ, you have it now. And there's something Jesus said in John chapter number 5 about himself, talking about this life. John chapter number 5, verse 26. The Bible says, For as the Father has life in himself, so he who has granted the Son to have life in himself. I don't know if you understand what that means. See, we talk about God the Father there. The Father doesn't, he's not given life by anyone. He doesn't draw life from anywhere. He's got life in himself. Says, so he's granted the Son to have life in himself as well. And Jesus has actually extended that life to you. 
The very life that he had in him, that's what makes it possible for the believer to live like Christ. Can I tell you something? This I said, by the way, you don't go to God because you are clean. You go to God because you want to be clean when you are not born again. All together. You don't go to God. You see, there are certain people who they shun from church because they want to make things right. I know I'm talking to someone. There are people who shun away from church because they want to make things right. That's like saying, I'll only go to the hospital when I'm healed. What's the point? Don't you go there when you're sick? Yeah, go to God when you're not well. Are we together? Yeah, come, let us help you. We'll discipline you, yes. Deal with you a little here and there, yes. But it's better you are disciplined now than you face eternal judgment. You understand, right? Yeah, it's better you face discipline now than you face eternal judgment. That's worse. There was a man in the scriptures, Paul actually said this one, I've handed him over to Satan. That's a story for another day. So, because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, it means in him we are complete. We have everything. Because in him, you see, you, you have to understand, because you've come in Christ now, the, your ability, the ability of God is now in your spirit. Because he's the life, it means the life of God is now resident in the human spirit. It means God's, God's life can be found in these words. It means God's life can be studied in this world. People can study your life but, and, and conclude that this is God's life. How many here have heard of a man called John G. Lake? Raise your hand. All right. Go look him up. There was a pandemic in South Africa some years back. Uh, epidemic or pandemic, I'm not, I'm not really sure. And John G. Lake has written a, a lot of books about divine health and about the life of God and whatnot. I, what, 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 I think I don't know if that was influenza or something. I don't know what, what was going on in South Africa at the time. And when they were doing studies on the viruses and whatnot, John Gillick dared them and told them to say, look, I want you to put the virus on my hand and let's see what will happen. They did that and when they studied it, their virus died mm-hmm. on his hand. When you understand what you have, during COVID, you see, not all of us got flus and all those funny things. We were laying hands on people with COVID. Mm-hmm. They would come, pastor, I have COVID, and we would touch them. Lay hands, they are healed. Not even catching it. Not everyone caught it. Not, every, not everyone caught it. And even if another pandemic were to come, we're not catching it. Mm-hmm. You understand? Someone asked me one time, say, are, are you going to get vaccinated? I said, for what? Mm-hmm. My immune system is just, if you are vaccinated, praise God for you. I advise you to go if you want to. (laughs) For the sake of traveling outside the country, not for the sake of your health. You know, so you don't get a corrupt card. (laughs) Why are you laughing? Some of you have already gotten corrupt cards. (laughs) Hi, Daniel. (laughs) Let's stand to our feet.